This is the Abbey Award-winning Auburn Opelika This Morning with Zach Blackerby. Good morning and happy Friday. It is a Finance Friday. As we chat with Lindsey Crosby of Mid-South Bank. What a tease at the end of last hour. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of research for this segment. I'd say probably 35 hours a week of reading, researching, trying to get this this you know, 20 or so minutes as good as I can. Sure. And oftentimes I find things that are that are interesting, but I can't make a full segment out of it. And so we're combining two stories today. And the first one I left a tease. Um, it's about robocalls. You know, so one, if you're listening to this and you're interested in renewing your auto warranty, press five now. Right. That's the big thing. Yeah. Yep. Not a warranty. And so I got kind of wondering why I keep getting all of these. And and how does this work financially? So in 2019, Americans got nearly 60 billion robocalls. Okay, so that's 200 per person. And I get them all the time. And, you know, my my phone thankfully screens a lot of them out for me. But I started getting more and more confused because you keep hearing about how everything in our economy now is targeted. Advertising is targeted. If you go online and you look at a jacket. And then you go to a news website, there's a picture of the jacket there because the ad follows you. Right. And so if everything's being targeted, why do are we just blasting robocalls to everybody? It just seems very old school and inefficient. So why would you spend your money on robocalls? And so I got digging into the economics behind it. So first thing to know is these calls are technically illegal. So the companies that make these spam calls are generally kind of scammers. They might be selling something that doesn't exist, or they're selling something but not going to actually provide the service. But the way it works is these these companies, they're the ones making robocalls. They hire robocalling companies, and mm-hmm. they the robocallers have this technology that can dial thousands of numbers every minute for pretty cheap. So I got a quote for us. Uh, Message Communications, Inc., will sell you 125,000 minutes of robocalls for $875. Wow. Yeah. Um, now, that gets you a lot of robocalls, because guess how long the average robocall is? Five seconds. Three seconds. You were really close. Wow. So you can get 2.5 million calls for $875. 28 spam calls per penny that you spend. Dang, that's crazy. I can afford that. Like Zach, we could we could call two and a half million people and tell them to listen to News Talk WA and I. I'm sure that would uh, that would make a lot of people hate us. That would that would that would go very well to make our show successful. Right. Yeah. Um. Now, you could ruin two and a half million afternoons for eight hundred seventy five dollars. It would be a real shame if, like, the night before the Iron Bowl, that every single phone for every Alabama player and coach just rang nonstop their hotel room, their cell phone, just rang nonstop if somebody were to spend $875 on a company called Message Communications, Inc. to call all of them. That would be a shame. Can you target that specifically? Um, I think so. Really? You can, you can give them a list, and they will call your list, or they can call their own list. Okay. So you can give them a list. So the challenge then in this hypothetical is getting the phone numbers. The challenge is the hypothetical is getting the phone numbers. Yes. Wild. It'd be a shame if somebody were to do that. Right. But anyway, so going back to the, the robocalls, 99.5% of these calls go nowhere. They're hangups. You know, you pick it up, you hear the recording, you just hang up. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. But one half of 1% of people will not hang up right away. They'll keep listening. 
And maybe it's like, oh, is my car warranty actually about to expire? Or, you know, maybe I should get a car warranty. Or they just don't hang up fast enough. Uh-huh. So that's called a lead. Um, and a small fraction of those leads. A half of 1% do that? A half of 1% do that. That's higher than I would have guessed. Yeah. So um, a small fraction of those leads stay on the call long enough to get transferred to a human being called a closer, which their job is to make a sale. Always be closing. Can't have coffee if you don't close. So there's two things that have that have to happen here to make the economics work for the robocaller and the scammer. So first, you have to make a lot of calls. Uh-huh. Okay. There was one company that uh, I was doing the research and I found the news article about them carried out 2.6 billion outbound calls over a 20-minute period. One company. Now, in that case, they got 13 million leads. Um, here's the financial issue: the leads aren't free. The robocaller charges a premium to the scammer for every lead, like six to seven dollars a piece. So, 2.6 billion calls, 13 million leads. That costs them 78 million dollars. Okay. So now only a small fraction of those leads end up in an actual sale. So to make it worth their while, the scammers squeeze a lot of money out of the people who do fall for this. That's why the products being sold are always something that's recurring. Magazine subscriptions, insurance, car warranty. Um, home security was a big one for a while. And in 2014, the FTC did a big bust on it. Mm-hmm. And think about it. like You don't know if your security system is good until you get robbed. So you're paying maybe like a recurring high fee about it. You don't even know if it's, if it's the service works until your house gets broken into. And a lot of the people that they call are older people who are, you know, emotionally vulnerable or mentally vulnerable, don't have a lot of money, and so they kind of bleed out of what they can do. So the reason you get all of these is because in – all right, so late 2015, they were doing less than a billion robocalls a month. Still a lot. In 2018, 5 billion robocalls a month. Mm-hmm. Kind of put this in perspective. There's only 7.5 billion people on the entire planet, and there were 5 billion robocalls in 2018 every single month. And the reason is a court case. It was Spokio, Inc. versus Robin. Spokio was not a robocaller, but it, the case related to robocallers because their job was to call people to do like customer satisfaction surveys and stuff. And the court decided that just annoying somebody or irritating somebody by calling them was not a crime. And so that meant the legal risk to robocallers is gone. And so 5 billion robocalls in 2018, 2021 is going to be even worse because times of economic distress are boom times for scammers. People are calling around talking about helping you get your stimulus payments, helping you get all of this other stuff. So that's how the economics behind, um, behind robocallers work. The FTC actually shut down a big robocall charity scam earlier this month. And the government is currently revisiting that same case. So there's a possibility that they're going to reinstate the definition of, of a crime to be, yeah, to be you know, harassment via incessant phone calls. Maybe they'll put a time restriction on it. Maybe they'll just say unwanted calls and then leave it up to us to figure out what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, spam risk might just completely go away or... It might start calling again and again and again and again. Wild. It's a Finance Friday with Lindsey Crosby of Mid-South Bank. We continue our conversation next. Finance Friday rolls on. Zach Blackerby, Lindsey Crosby. Of course, Lindsey with Mid-South Bank. All right, so kind of a grab bag of topics. We talked about robocalls. That was very interesting. What is next? So 
I was talking to somebody recently about saving money in your budget, and I got to looking. There was a report that came out just recently from J.P. Morgan's Asset Management Group talking about uh, the spending habits that are different between people who are good savers and bad savers. Oh. And I thought it was really interesting, but I, I couldn't fill 20 minutes with it. So what, what's, what's the thing if you uh, just uh, quit buying lattes? It's like the secret of being a millionaire, something like that? Yeah, like if you, don't, if you don't buy avocado toast, you can have a house. And if you don't buy a latte every day, you'll be a millionaire. That's the, supposedly the thing. I love the, the posts from like money sites or whatever on, uh, on like social media where it's like, all right, if you uh, save that $4 every day on lattes – You'd have you know a few thousand dollars a year. What would you buy with it? And the top comment is always, "I'd buy a latte every day with it." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's something. If that brings you joy, do it. It's fine. Okay, so the study was looking at um, how much people save and their spending habits, and they figured out. They said across age groups, they noticed that people who save a lot, high savers, they they define them save about three percent more of their income than middle savers. And middle savers save about 3% more than low savers. So they worked out these numbers. If you're a low saver, you're saving about 2 to 3% of your salary. If you're a middle saver, you're saving about 5 to 6. If you're a high saver, you're saving about 9%. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, um, from what I know about you, Zach, I'm pretty sure you're, I, you're a high saver from what yeah, I've seen. My, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And a lot of people assume that low savers save less because they don't earn enough money. In this study... They found middle savers and low savers have very similar, if not the exact same salaries. So it's spending. It's the differences in spending. And obviously that 3% boost in savings is huge. And I see Jordan's cringing over there because she's thinking about her lattes. She, uh, she feels um, attacked over there right now. I yeah. Tell. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. That shirt looks great on you, though. That's a great top. Yeah. It is adorable. Yeah. So better savers spend less money than than low savers in three specific categories. Housing. Wait, wait, say that again. Okay, so um, people who are better at saving spend less money than people who are bad at saving in these three categories. Okay. Okay. So the first one is housing, and that's including mortgage, rent, taxes, utility, home services, furnishings, all those things. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. That And that that may be size of the house you buy. That may be where you buy it. That's just kind of a thing. That's not really a behavioral thing, though, right? I mean, because... I mean, you're you're choosing where to live. I guess. And you're choosing the size of your house. I guess. But, I mean, what if you got four kids? You know, like, you're just super limited. But, yeah, okay, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because you make that choice. Uh, number two, food and beverage, including eating out and groceries. So how much, you know, and just people who save more tend to spend less on that than people of similar incomes who are bad savers. Okay. Okay. And the third one is transportation. And that's the big one to me, uh, including the purchase of vehicles, gasoline, Things like that. And so, like, looking at my that situation. like a car payment? Car payment. Yeah. Looking at a situation like looking at me and Zach, and I'm just thinking about the way we work. Transportation, we definitely spend lower than average, both of us. You know, uh, we have – my wife has a minivan that uh-huh. is currently financed. We bought a, a, a pre-owned minivan. Uh, we find a good deal. We have a good interest rate. We're being aggressive at paying that off, but it's it's a lower payment. And then I'm driving – right now I'm driving an 11-year-old Prius. <laughs> Still runs. It's great, so I'm still driving that. When we pay the minivan off, I'll then look at maybe getting something for myself. That would be a big day for you. That would be a huge day for me yeah. um, and for probably my quality of life because my back's starting to hurt from that car. Sure. Um, you know, Same thing for you. Like, And we've talked before. You're like, cars just aren't a big thing to me. Right. The average used car payment right now, if you buy a used car in 2020, 2021, the average used car payment is over $400 a month. 
That's used? Used. Yeah, that's crazy. The average new car payment is over $500 a month. And the terms have gotten to be like seven years on, mm-hmm. on, on new car payments. Right. And so that's an area where, like, I can definitely say the fact that I'm a higher saver comes from I, sp- I save money on transportation. Yeah, that's a big thing. You that know? is an absolutely uh, that's a huge thing. Yeah, and going through in this, being in a place with a high cost of living does, not, does also not seem to be a factor in why low savers spend more money than middle savers. So even when you take a place with a high cost of living like New York, high, uh, high savers – and low savers, there's still a difference in how much they spend in housing, how much they spend in food and beverage, how much they spend in transportation. I did find it really interesting. There was a category where high and medium savers spent more money than low savers. Travel. Hmm. So you're saving money on housing, you're saving money on transportation, you're saving money on food and beverage, but you use some of that, you save some of that, and some of that money you're using for travel, whether it's um, plane tickets, whether it's vacations, whether it's you know it's it's trips to different places, that's that seemed like in every other category the groups were very similar: entertainment, education, charitable contributions, gifts, apparel, travel was the only one where high savers spent more money. It's very interesting as far as a look of you're trying to find a way to save money: housing, food and beverage, transportation, probably your best bets. All right, that's another Finance Friday in the books. If people need. Uh, any kind of financial services, What is uh, where should they go? I'm at Mid-South Bank, 519 East Clinton Avenue in Auburn, or call me, 334-521-6009. Your local news coming up, then we will be joined by Chris Hecox with the GPAC. It is back. We're excited. We're going to learn more about it in just a moment.